Well, hey, good evening, Regen. Um, my name's Michael. Uh, all my friends call me Zig. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm re in recovery for pride, porn, people-pleasing, and this week, control. Hey, I am really excited. Uh, most times, they don't let me on this stage unless it's commencement. Um, tonight is not commencement, so I feel like I've been set loose. Um, so it's, it's a little weird for me, though. I'm going to be honest. Uh, but I'm really excited. We are continuing our, our series um, of people in the Bible. And so we've been looking at the whole meta-narrative of Scripture and then zooming in on specific individuals to see how God works in their life and why that is important to us, like why, why it matters. Um, and so tonight, we're going to be looking at the story of Jacob. And so before I dive in, though, the thing I, I want to just put in front of you, um, I want you to think about a little bit, is that the, the goal of this isn't to just share a story about someone that lived a long time ago so we can learn simple principles about their life. The, the goal of looking at the story of Jacob is that we might see ourselves, but more importantly, see God at work. Because the Bible is the story of God uh, creating a, a way for us to be saved and redeemed and with him but he does that in our individual lives. And so he's not this distant God, he's actually a God that comes near. And so we're gonna see that in the story of Jacob. And the other thing with this is I hope you see bits and pieces of your own story in Jacob's story. I hope you can relate with some of the things that he experienced, some of the struggles he had, some of the decisions that he made. And then I, I hope at the end, that you see that, that God was at work through it all and that he was actually offering something more than what Jacob could ever imagine. So let's just jump straight in. Um, and so I wanna give you, we're not gonna look at the entire story of Jacob, I wanna give you just a brief overview of his story. Um, and I love this, uh, this quote that I read when I was studying it um, from the Bible project. He's, it says that the, the Jacob's story is all about a guy who doesn't believe he's going to get God's blessing. So he spends his uh, life hurting everyone around him. He tries to scheme and steal the blessing and abundance for himself. Instead of trusting God is going to give it to him. And so what I wanna do tonight is I actually wanna walk through just three things. What is God's blessing that it's speaking about for Jacob? What was Jacob's response? And why does that matter for us? And so first, God's blessing. Before we can actually talk about God's blessing in Jacob's life, we actually need to rewind the story just a little bit. And we need to go back to his grandfather, a guy named Abraham. And we could talk a lot about the story of Abraham, but just for tonight, we're gonna hone in on the blessing that God gave him. And so uh, Abraham uh, was a part of a covenant with the Lord. That's a, a big word for promise. And so the, the, the Lord made himself known to Abraham and then said, hey, I'm going to promise to do three things for you. I'm gonna promise to give you land because right now you are nomadic. You, you don't own anything. I'm gonna give you descendants. He says seed. And he said that, that they will be like the, the sand on the beach. So he, he will have many descendants. And third, he says, I'm going to bless you that you will be a blessing to the nations. So he says, hey, I'll, I'll give you land, I'll give you descendants, and then I will build, 
a people from your descendants that blesses the nations. And so we see this, and so he promises it to Abraham. And then he continues, the story goes on, and before Abraham dies, he gives it to his oldest son, Isaac. And we see in Genesis 26, it says, God speaking to Isaac says, sojourn in the land and I will be with you and I will bless you for you too and to your offspring, I will give these lands and I will establish an oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. And so we see this blessing from God being passed on from father to son. And so then we get to the story of Jacob. Um, and this is where it gets kind of fun is that God decides he wants to work in a different way than what a culture is normally used to. So the, the blessing was always passed down, the inheritance to the oldest son. But before Jacob was born, God reveals to his mother that the older shall serve the younger. And so Jacob is born and it turns out he is a twin and he is the second born. His brother Esau is, uh, comes out before him and so is the rightful heir to everything that is going to be blessed to him. But yet God had already said that the younger, the older shall serve the younger, meaning that Jacob one day would receive the blessing. And so this is where it gets really interesting is that Jacob knowing this, knowing that his inheritance is going to be a, the blessing that God gave to his grandfather and to his father, begins to do what, if I'm honest, I probably would have done as well. He gets impatient, he gets entitled, he gets controlling and prideful. And so we see through the, through the life of Jacob that he begins to find ways to get his inheritance apart from trusting God. So he deceives his older brother Esau and has him sell his birthright for a cup of soup. He deceives his father Isaac before he can bless Esau and steals that blessing from him that infuriates Esau. And so he threatens to kill his brother. And so Jacob runs away to his uncle's house. And he, he works for his uncle for 20 years and there's all types of deceit that happens there. But you just see this pattern of entitlement, control, and that Jacob knew what God had promised him and he was going to get it any way that he could, except by trusting the Lord. And so after working for his uncle for 20 years, God calls him back home. And Jacob, uh, on the way, he knows there is a chance that he is going to run into Esau, his brother. And so we jump into the story in Genesis 32. And Jacob has been told that Esau is coming. He is bringing all of his men with him. And it's fearful. And uh, I mean, he knows what he did to his brother. And so he cries out to the Lord at the end of chapter 32. And it's just like, Lord, remember what you promised me. Remember, you said you were going to do these things. You were going to give me land. You were going to bless my descendants. Um, that you were going to build us into be a blessing for everyone. Remember, you said that. I deserve that stuff. You said it. And so he prays this. And then we enter into this awesome story in which God actually becomes present to Jacob. And so in, in Genesis 32, it says, And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. 
And then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And Jacob said, uh, he said, Jacob. And then he said, your name uh, shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have stri- striven with God and with man and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. And so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, uh, saying, for I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been delivered. And the sun rose upon him as he walked past Peniel, limping because of his hip. And so we see this interesting interaction in which God literally comes and wrestles Jacob. I don't know about you, but that's kind of weird to me. Like I, I grew up, I've got some younger brothers um, who are about 10 years younger than me. And I remember growing up wrestling them. And I remember being 22 and them being 10 and 12 and um, and it really wasn't much of a match. Like it was, it was more me just entertaining the idea and having fun. And, and I, I hear this story and that's what I think of it. The, the God of the universe wrestles with Jacob. So the, the story isn't meant to tell us that, the, that Jacob was strong enough to wrestle with God. It's actually meant to tell us that something else is going on. You see, Jacob had spent so much time striving and manipulating and deceiving and controlling. Um, He had prayed to the Lord about all these blessings and he had actually missed the most important thing that God was trying to teach him. You see, Jacob pursued the substance of his blessing instead of the source of his blessing. And God comes and wrestles with him and puts him in a place where he actually wounds him. Like Jacob now knows who the stronger person here is. But he continues to hang on and hang on. And what we see here is that Jacob has finally come to understand that it wasn't simply about the blessing, it was about the person. That the, the, the ultimate goal wasn't that he would receive these things, but that he would depend on the Lord. And so the the Lord wounded him so that he could see, he he humbled him so that he could see that he had a need for God. And he drove him to full dependence. And so he just hangs on for dear life. And he's like, Lord, I will not let you go. And so I don't know what you walk in here with tonight. I don't know what you're wrestling with God about. I don't know what you... Um, are struggling with, but I want you to know that the Lord is here and ready to meet you. And that in the end, the goal isn't that you would simply um, not struggle with those things. The ultimate goal is that the Lord wants you to know that his real blessing is a relationship with him. He wants you to know the source of blessing, not just the substance. Now hear me say, uh, this is important for us because it is good and right for us to desire freedom and healing and sobriety and happiness. But we can often be prone to think that that is all that God has for us. And in reality, he wants to give us so much more. He wants to give us those things and so much more. 
He wants to give us himself. See, when I walked in with an addiction to pornography um, almost 10 years ago now, um, I came in because I wanted freedom. But you know what I found? I found so much more. Because I found a relationship with Christ in which I was abiding with him. And he brought joy and contentment and hope. You see, it was more than anything freedom from porn could ever give me. And so this is important for us because we can easily be prone in recovery to look at just the things that we think we need. And God wants us to know that he's offering us something so much more. The, the, the cool thing in all of this is that we actually got to, we've actually been able to see the fulfillment of the promise that God made Jacob. He died before he was ever able to actually see the fulfillment of it. He had to place his faith in the source, in God, because he actually never saw the blessing come to fruition. But we have, and that blessing was fulfilled in Jesus. You see, Jesus was the blessing that blesses all nations. He was the one who has come. It says in Galatians 6, I'm sorry, Galatians 3, and if you are Christ, then you are Adam's offspring. So Jacob's grandfather, his heirs according to the promise. You see, Christ has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. He did for us, he did for Jacob what he could not do for himself. And that he died for our sins, creating a way that we could be reconciled to God, that we might be able to have a relationship with him and experience the true blessing of God himself. And yes, he does provide sobriety and freedom and hope, but he provides so much more than that in and of himself. And so tonight, you're going to hear the testimony of a friend um, who has been able to see God not only at work in his life, but he has got to know the God that provides this blessing. Would you invite, would you uh, welcome Wesley to the stage? 